James chapter 3, verses 13 through to chapter 4, verse 3, 4, and 7 and 8. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good faith, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbour bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, you covet but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. This is the word of the Lord. Mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Good morning, everyone. It's great to be with you in worship this morning and throughout the morning as uh, you've all uh, experienced the seasonal autumnal rain to come in today. The earth needs it for sure, even if we're all getting a bit of a fright. Um, for those of you I haven't met, my name's Joe Kelly Moore, and uh, as uh, was said in the welcome, thank you for the warm welcome, um, I'm your Archdeacon. And uh, for those who haven't heard me speak before, so that you don't spend all the time I'm speaking whispering to your neighbour, uh, your gamble on which country I come from, uh, to say that we uh, had an eye to the All Blacks defeat a few weeks ago. Um, but Kiwis have a very philosophical view on that, that the All Blacks have got to lose sometime, and best it happens when it doesn't really matter. So that was that, and on we go. Um, and look, it's great to be with you in this season of change. And uh, I'll be back in just a few weeks with great excitement as you welcome Paulette and her family home to see Salter. And can I say to you, thank you as a community. Uh, many of you will have known Paulette and her family for some long years now. And it's a great gift to our diocese in community where you nurture those among you to fulfill their vocation. And that's happening every week as we gather, whether that's to be a teacher or to work in an office or to fulfill God's call to you in your retirement 
or perhaps to be called to ministry, lay or ordained. So well done, and we look forward um, to someone coming and uh, you also sending out to others, those who are in ministry from amongst you. Words matter, James tells us. That assertion is beyond doubt when you're reading his letter. And last week, you might remember, James reminded us that how we speak to one another in community, and especially in Christian community as we seek to be followers of Christ, really matters. Words matter. And we're reminded of that daily. Perhaps in one way or another, you've been reminded of that this week in your own experiences. Something you read something you said or that was said to you. I've certainly been reminded of that myself. Quite a lot gets said to you when you're the archdeacon. Words matter. A read of the paper this weekend reminds us of the importance of words as well and what would have seemed to have been a premeditated tweet by the European Parliament President Donald Tusk about our Prime Minister's tabling of the Chequers proposal. No cherry, he tweeted as he served her cake. Not only have his words been noticed, but the impact and wisdom of them has been called into question. So it is then, in this morning's reading, James takes a step on from words mattering to wisdom mattering. And you might expect that one follows on quite neatly from the other. After all, in a colloquial sense, I think we'd agree that when we think of wisdom, we tend to think of words, the articulation of intellect or good judgment or common sense. When we say, he or she's so wise, we tend to think about what they say primarily. Well, like everything else, it seems, with the kingdom of God, no surprises this morning then that James turns the wisdom of God on its head from the wisdom of the world. And he says to us, rather it is your life and how you live it that will demonstrate how wise you really are. Now, James gives us a window in then to what this wisdom looks like. And he starts by telling us what it doesn't look like. It won't look like bitter envy or selfish ambition, he says. It won't look like boastfulness or lying. He calls that the wisdom of the world. But we might note that those things are pretty much all based around words, boastfulness and lying. Stepping away from words for a moment, James gives us a description of what a wise life looks like. And he tells us that that's what wisdom really is in God's economy. First, James starts with where it comes from, how we find it, how we discern the mind of God and live that in and through our lives. Wisdom is pure, 
says James. By implication, implicit and explicit, is to be found in God, the one who is perfection. And later in the verses, James tells us that we can access that. He says, draw close to God and God will draw close to you. The invitation in to know the mind of God is ours. We're invited into that living relationship to find the heart and mind of God, the place of wisdom that it might become our heartbeat and our mind as well. In our own lives individually and in community, that invitation comes, as we will see. There is where wisdom is to be found, says James, in the person of God, who is all in all, who is pure. May we individually and may we as Christian community always be found drawing ourselves into God and God's wisdom. James goes on then, in contrast to his picture of the wisdom of the world, to draw a picture of what God's wisdom might look like lived out. If to be truly wise, it is to lead a wise life, what does a wise life look like? James starts by saying that it's peaceable. Now, on an everyday basis, that's probably not a word we'd connect with wisdom in the first count anyway. You know, that game you play where I say a word and you have to say the next word that comes into your mind. If I said wisdom, I doubt the next word you would say would be peaceable. But that's where James begins. His signal to us then that we know the truth of God's kingdom, God's wisdom coming amongst us, when we seek to live it out for others, seeking their flourishing, recognizing the other, and living to meet their needs, and seeking their prospering, that we live well with our neighbors, who might be friend or stranger, seeking peace. That, says James, is living a wise life. You might have noticed in our reading, however, at the beginning, the middle, and the end of this passage, and as you go back to have a look at it, James returns to the fact that this is not an easy life. He emphasizes the reality and the community to which he was speaking, and we can certainly project it forward onto our own, that division in community, Disputes and conflicts are rife. The prioritizing of the self at the expense of the other was a reality amongst these early Christians and in their wider community as much as it is in our lives, our day, and our world. The more navel-gazing we become, the less peaceable the world will be the less we will see of the wisdom of God lived out. So James says, a wise life is one that lives well with the other. Secondly, James says that a wise life is a submissive one. 
in the NRSV, which I was reading in preparation for this, it says, willing to yield. I think what James is saying to us here is that we don't get too full of our own self-importance. While on any given day, you and I might like to think we're pretty wise about it, James humbles us quickly to say that wisdom, the wisdom of God, wisdom in Christian community is discerned in community. We seek the will of God together. And that might be for us all, or it might be from time to time we each come seeking the gift of community as we seek God's way and God's wisdom for our own life. So for one of us and for all of us, James encourages us that wisdom is discerned together. God is at work in you and in me, and God speaks through us to one another and to community. Your community life is critical, and as you look to a new ministry, my prayer is that that reality is true among you as you seek to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church for your way ahead. There is wisdom lived out, says James. So a wise life is a peaceable one. A wise life is one that is lived in community, recognizing the role of community and discerning the will of God. Thirdly, James tells us that a wise life is full of mercy and good fruits. James is telling us that a wise life is lived Monday to Saturday. It's Christian living, reaching out to the needs of others, being Christian wherever you will be tomorrow and on Tuesday and on Wednesday and so on. The working out of our faith faithfully is living a wise life, says James. When we seek to live the will of God for the world and serve our communities, there is the wisdom of God at work. So, that we live peaceably, that we recognize the discernment of the community, and we exercise the gifts God has given us, bearing the fruit that God has given us, James tells us that is living a wise life. And last but not least, James reminds us that this wisdom is to be found in all God loves all the world, and every person is part of God's economy. We want the whole world to know, as God does, the good news of Christ. And each of us has our part to play in that. You and me together, called to serve. So James says that a wise way of living is without a trace of partiality, or hypocrisy. We recognize the gifts of God at work in the other and welcome the world to know the good news of Christ. This is not just for us. We are no more special than anyone else on this planet. And James challenges us that when we know that, we will be living wisely. So to live peaceably, 
to recognise that we seek God in community, to exercise our gifts in the world and recognise these gifts are for all, this is living a wise life, says James. Now, sounds like living a Christian life, really, doesn't it? James is reminding us this morning of the calling which we have. Now, don't get me wrong this morning, after last week's sermon, which would have challenged us on the words we use and how they matter, and certainly last Sunday with the congregation I was with, we were reflecting on the importance with the gospel of preaching the good news of Jesus Christ, proclaiming the word of God. I'm not saying that words don't matter, but this morning as we move on in the letter of James, he's joining the dots to tell us that what you say has got to line up with what you do or the world won't be able to understand and that won't be wise living. So all this wisdom then is not just our IQ or our pub quiz success, it's how does our life look and does what we say join up with what we do. The world is seeking wisdom right now. These are challenging days on our planet and in our nation. There is deep anxiety as we seek wisdom for the way ahead for the United Kingdom in partnership with others. And James' words come into sharp relief today as we see world leaders who seem to be full often of hot air and a good belief in their own wisdom, but perhaps actions that don't quite join up with that, that the world needs to know more than ever the wisdom of God. And James reminds us this morning that you and I are the messengers of that wisdom. May it be true of us in the week ahead. May we each draw close to God every day of this week as we're able. May we be aware of those around us, friend and stranger, and seek to live peaceably. May we remember this community of which we are part and respect and seek the discernment of that community. And may we exercise all the gifts God has given us for the good of all, those we will encounter. There, says James, is the wisdom of God at work in you and in me. Amen.